Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, eating brunch, lunch, breakfast, and dinner at home time because it's quarantine time. This is going to be interesting time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Hope you're having a good Tuesday morning out there. Unless it's later in the week, perhaps Tuesday afternoon or evening or Wednesday morning or Wednesday evening. Whatever time of day it is and whatever day it is, we're happy you're spending part of it with us on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Not just me on this edition of the podcast if i'll just turn this music down real quick and then i will bring in mr patrick brown from his house at an undisclosed location somewhere in the united states of america what's going on pat nothing just uh living that quarantine life you know how it is yeah it's it's been interesting hasn't it it's um i don't normally i don't think most of us on the staff really mind being away from people because it's like you know, I can work in the yard a little bit, can just kind of chill at the house. Uh, it doesn't really bother me too much. I don't I don't know that I need other people in my, you know, in, in my situation. Um, we got back from somewhere. I'm not going to say where I was, uh, of course, of course, as of course you know. Not, of course not. Um, last Sunday, and since then, uh, my wife and I have left the house. Well, let me say this. Left the neighborhood. Uh, twice since then. No, we've like left the house to like go on walks, do stuff outside. I mowed the yard on, on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, and I'm fine with it. She's going a little crazy. She's, uh, my wife is a teacher, so she likes to get up and go and do stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm a little bit more chill, but, uh, but yeah, we're making it work. Yeah. The, uh, Hope everyone else out there is as well. Yeah, my uh, my wife has has finally been told to work from home too, which is good. Uh, so I, I'm in the office over here at the at the studio. She is in her office, which is across the the hallway, I guess. So it's a it's a different thing here, but um, especially because uh, uh, I've got this uh, bronchitis, and ain't nobody got time for that. I've had this thing for like three weeks now, and it's uh, it sucks, man. Like. I, uh, that, that part of it's not fun, but you know, it's, uh, we do what we can. It's better than having the coronavirus, I suppose. And if anyone out there is listening, uh, who has that, we are, we got thoughts and prayers with you. We're, we're sorry about that. You know, hopefully, hopefully the medical people and everyone continue to do everything they can. Hopefully the, uh, the, the containment works or we can at least flatten this curve because this thing could be bad for a while. And if it is, that's going to continue to have a direct impact on the sports world, uh, now that's gonna not gonna affect what we're gonna bring to you at at, at Go Balls twenty four seven. We got tons of ideas. We got tons of things we're gonna do. So no matter how long this lasts, 
we're going to have content. We're going to have uh, fresh content every day. We're going to have news. We're going to have analysis. We're going to have a bunch of podcasts. We're, we're going to get through this, and we're going to get through it together. Uh, and we're going to start that with a little bit of uh, an offensive uh, podcast. I guess should we say offensive and not offensive? Should we be careful about that? Can Correct. We, yeah. Correct. It, yes. It, it's, we're not going to offend. Yeah. It, well, not intentionally. We're not going to offend anyone. We're going to speak about Tennessee's offense, guys. And uh, as everyone knows, this is a very, very unusual time uh, in the sports world. Normally, uh, we would be sitting here covering spring practice right now, spring camp. Tennessee would have 15 opportunities to go out there and work on the offense and defense and special teams and, and then cap that with a with a spring game at Neyland Stadium, the orange and white game in front of everyone. And, and, and it's, it's a huge opportunity for your program moving forward, especially for some guys who maybe haven't played a lot in the past, especially, especially – especially, especially for the kids who have enrolled in January um, to get in there, guys like Harrison Bailey at quarterback and, and some other guys who, who were going to get some, some really good reps, really, really good reps this spring. So that's out the window now, and we don't know how they're going to adjust to this. We don't know, to, to be honest with you, if we're being frank, we don't know how much the season's going to be impacted by this. We, we have to see what happens with this virus and where everything goes from here because it's kind of uncharted territory. But for the sake of this discussion, we're, we're going to assume that a season will be played. Uh, and if that happens, I don't know if they're going to make up for the lost spring camp practices by starting fall camp early. Um, but, but you know, that that's like uh, I think Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello said it great. It's hard to go to steps six, seven, and eight when you're still trying to figure out steps one and two. So they kind of have to go through this checklist. And, and right now, uh, there's been a case of it on campus. Someone's been confirmed to have it, so it's likely going to continue to spread. But let's assume that at some point, football will be played again because we know that's the truth. We're going to start with the quarterbacks, Pat. Is that, all right? Is that all right with you, starting with the quarterbacks? Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of people, when they look at Tennessee's 2020 season uh, and the prospects of that season uh, that we all obviously hope happens uh it'd be great if everything was back to normal by then um but we'll just have to see but yeah i think a lot of people when you when you look at uh this offseason going into next season that's the big question that that everybody has Uh, i still am a little concerned about the receivers but we'll get to that in a minute but yeah i think the quarterback quarterback situation is obviously one a lot of people uh, a lot of tennessee fans are going to be looking at yeah because i look at this and i think I've, i've written this and i'm sure i'll continue to write it and other people probably are writing and thinking the same thing too it's obvious that to say duh a lot of the season depends on how well the quarterback performs that's pretty obvious right two people touch the ball on every single snap one of them is the quarterback so very clearly uh, there is no more important position on the field anywhere and I look at it like this Pat I think we're going to talk about receivers in a minute. I, I don't think their situation is quite as bad there as, as maybe some others fear. I think it's, it's going to be different. I don't think it's necessarily going to be bad. To me, I look at everywhere else on the offense. Uh, I, I look at tight end where they got to do some things. We'll talk about that later. Um, maybe, maybe a little more, just a little more oomph from the running back position. But a lot of this, I think, when I look at the rest of this offense, I look at it like this. Tennessee has a chance to be a pretty darn good football team if the quarterback performs well. If the quarterback doesn't perform well, though, this isn't one of those situations like we've seen with teams like Alabama in the past, you know, before, you know, that they had the, you know, Hurts and then to, uh, you know, kind of 
one of those situations where if you just have a, a game manager quarterback, you're going to be a really, really good football team. I don't think Tennessee's that good right now. I think if Tennessee gets good quarterback play, Tennessee's going to be a pretty good football team. If it gets average quarterback play, I think it's going to be an average football team. I, I don't, I don't want to say it's that simple, Pat, but sometimes I, I kind of think it might be. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't, I don't uh, no offense, offense, you know, no offense, no not o- offense, no offense. Uh, yes, but you're not really, you're not really saying anything new here. That uh, I, I think that's true for um, what ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of football teams out there. I mean, in college football, you have the exceptions like, um, like Alabama and Georgia, who are talented enough elsewhere to uh, to be good, regardless of the quarterback situation. I mean, Alabama's uh, their whole dynasty; they've had one like generational quarterback and Tua uh, the rest of them have been, haven't really gone on to do much uh, in the NBA. I've always thought they're in, in the NFL. I have the NBA on my mind. Sorry guys. Um, it happens, but I've always, I've, I've always thought that playing quarterback at Alabama was like one of the easiest jobs in college football. Um, but for most teams, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you need a quarterback who can go out and win you games when they have to. And so uh, Tennessee's not at a point yet where they can have a quarterback go out there and not lose them a game. They're, you know, there's a difference in, uh, and those things. So, uh, whether that's Jack Antano, whether that's Harrison Bailey, whether that's Brian Maurer, only time is going to tell. But uh, I think Tennessee will play whoever the the best quarterback is um, when the season gets here, um, and it'll be interesting to see how this disrupted off season um, is going to impact things because uh, these quarterbacks are still working, they're still training. You know, you, you don't need to necessarily have a weight room to go out and throw football. You just need to maybe get some friends. You can keep your social distancing while throwing pass routes to him in the yard or uh, at a park near your house or whatever. So um, all these guys are going to be, uh, I'm sure, continuing to train in different ways. And uh, But, yeah, certainly not having a spring hurts hurts a guy like Harrison Bailey for sure just because he doesn't have time to uh, – and being away from campus too because he can't work with the guys he's going to be throwing to in the fall. So um, it'll be an interesting sort of cause and effect of how this quarterback competition plays out now that it's been – um, now that it's in the state that it's currently in due to what's going on. Yeah, I'll say this. I, I think we want to be careful here when we're talking about people who might be, who might benefit from, from this situation with, with, the, with the, the pandemic and, and, you know, kind of things being shut down. I, I hate to think about it in terms of guys who could benefit from that. But I think when we look at the reality of the situation, we have to discuss it in those terms. And to me, the less preparation Tennessee has for the 2020 season, the better chance that gives Jared Garantano to keep his job. Uh, I think he's the guy to beat anyway. I think a fifth-year senior with as much experience as he has is a guy who um, is going to have to be beaten out for the position. I, you know, Pruitt said in early in, in camp, uh, which we talk about camp like it was a thing, it was one week, but Pruitt spoke about the fact that all, all six guys, you know, the five scholarship guys, I, I guess, plus Kasim Hill, the transfer uh, who, who's a walk-on who used to be the starter at Maryland, all of those guys would be given an opportunity. I believe that. But I also believe that it's pretty obvious that, that Garantano is the the kind of clubhouse leader. He's the guy that you're going to have to go out there and beat. And the less time they have to go out there and practice together as a team, that's that has to benefit Garantano, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, regardless of the situation, whether he won the job going into the season or, or uh, with a normal offseason or with an offseason like this, he's still going to have to perform. Uh, when push comes to shove next season, and if, if Tennessee's got quarterbacks who are more ready, uh, maybe than uh, Maurer and Shrout were last season to uh, go in the game earlier, 
um, then I don't think Tennessee has to hesitate. So um, it's, it's like Pruitt said, and it's like you said after the bowl game, everything is earned, um, and you earn it by how you work and practice. That's how you get your opportunities in games, um, and then you have to take those opportunities you get on Saturday, Saturdays and, and play well and help Tennessee win football games, especially at that position. And Tennessee puts a lot uh, on their quarterbacks. Um, I know uh, the jury, for a lot of people, they're they're either either done with Garantano or still very skeptical, and um, there's reasons for that. Um, the only, I would say, I don't want to say caveat, but the one thing that, that, that still kind of sits in my mind is, uh, this is the first time he's had, a, he's had a, a coordinator for second year in a row. Now, of course, um, he can't work with that coordinator, uh, yeah, for 15 true. spring practices. Like I'm sure he would have liked, but, um, maybe that's something that can sort of, uh, trigger, um, more of the same, maybe more improvement. The, the counter argument to that is that, well, you know, his most recent game was a game where he kind of reverted back to his old self. So what, you know, uh, how, how much can, you know, time change things, how much can a leopard change his shot, the spot, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, whoever, you know, whether it's guaranteed, whoever, you know, if it gets down to, it comes down to what happens in the preseason in August, if that's what it comes down to, uh, for, if we're at that point, uh, whoever wins the job is still gonna have to go out and, and perform on Saturdays. So, uh, and if, if it's a close battle, then I don't think Tennessee will necessarily hesitate to, uh, make it make a change there if if they have to early in the season. Yeah, the 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 word that, that always comes up to me anyway, uh, or, or when I think of, of Jeremy Pruitt, you know, it's hard to say. Hey, describe someone in one word. Um, but if you said I had to describe Jeremy Pruitt in one word, I would use the word practical. He is a very very practical guy. He's a reasonable guy. He wants to go out there and put the guys on the field who give him the best chance to win each and every game. You know, he's he's got a long term picture in mind and he's trying to build a, a championship program. But when push comes to shove, every game that is played, he's going to put the guy out there that he thinks give him the best chance to win games. And by and large, last season and really the past two seasons, that guy has been Jared Garantano. And it's up to someone else in the program to go out there and change that. Because it, 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 as much as Pruitt likes Garantano on a personal level, they have a good relationship, that doesn't mean that that the, the kid guaranteed a, a starting spot. You know, Some of Pruitt's favorite kids on the team are, are walk-ons, but he's not going to go start them, obviously. You, you know, the, the, He's got to go out there and play the guys who give him the best chance to win. And, and he doesn't care if they're freshman, junior, sophomore, senior, whatever they are. And if someone proves that they're better than Garantano or they give a, the team a better chance to win than Garantano, he'll play that guy. Because last year he said, you know what? I can't figure out why Garantano's better off the bench, but he just is. I, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense maybe. Maybe he's a guy who just sees the, the first couple possessions and then he goes out there and it's something that you don't see very often, but it worked, right? And what is Pruitt? He's a practical guy. So if someone goes out there, if, if Bailey, who already looked like maybe the biggest of Tennessee's quarterbacks from the first day on campus, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Uh, if he goes out there and proves that he's better, or if Brian Maurer becomes a more consistent player and not just kind of an exciting guy who does a lot of good and a lot of bad – um, you know, JT Schrock goes out there and, and turns a corner and the light comes on for him and he becomes a little bit less robotic. Uh, if Hill sets the world on fire, if any of these guys go out there and show they can do it, I don't think he'll hesitate to play him. No, I think you're exactly right. He wants to win games. That's, that's, that's the bottom line in this business. What do you think, Pat, about, you know, what, now we've, we've seen Bailey all of one time. Um, because 
Uh, Tennessee had two or I guess, I've seen him zero times. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, we co- collectively as a staff, I guess. And w- basically Tennessee had three practices. It, it had the one that we got to see a couple periods of, but you, you were in Nashville uh, at our conference, our work conference. And, and then you, I'm sorry, I, I'm saying you, you were in Nashville because you were there for a company event. And so I think that's, is that okay to say? Is that one? Okay? I'll allow it. Okay, good. I'm good. Because we don't want to offend when we're talking about offense. But I think we had that practice. Then they had the one on a couple days later that at the last minute media were told they could not go to. Uh, And then they had one more closed practice before they kind of went their separate ways for spring break. And then everything with the virus kind of kind of went on from there. And and then everything kind of got shut down for a while. So, So what we've seen about 10 minutes, 15 minutes the coaches have seen probably five or six hours. That's what they've seen. Uh, in that time, no one's going to be able to go out there and prove they're going to give you a better chance to win than Garantano. Whenever they get to camp, that's when this thing really gets going. And I will say one thing for Garantano's sake. You did say that, and rightfully so, I think, that his last performance was not one that, that he should remember fondly or anyone should remember fondly. He made a couple plays in the second half when Tennessee needed him, um, but really Eric Gray and some other guys stepped up and won that game. And But overall, generally throughout the year, he got better at understanding Cheney's system. I think they gave him too much flexibility early in the year. They thought he had a better understanding of the system than he did. Um, but remember, that's a new coordinator. That's a new offense. And they probably gave him a little bit too much responsibility. When they backed off of that, he started to learn more. They kind of understood kind of how to tailor make that offense kind of for him and, and kind of play to his strengths. Generally, it's hard to say he did anything but improve throughout the year, right? Bowl game maybe ex- excluded. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he played well enough for Tennessee to win down the stretch. Um, uh, but he still made – too many mistakes still mm-hmm. kind of had those moments where he reverted back to uh, some of the s- mistakes that, that plagued him early in the season where he was late with throws. He wasn't seeing the entire field. Uh, sometimes he forces throws. Um, so uh, that's not something that should happen when you're in your fourth or uh, now going to be fifth year in, in college football. I know there's been a lot of changes. I know there's been a lot of uh, different coordinators and coaches that Garantana's had to play for, but uh, at some point you've got to be able to, uh, anticipate you've got to be able to throw guys open um you, you got to be quicker with your decision making and 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 all those things i don't I don't think it's a question with garantano of his natural ability he can he can make just about every throw you need him to make um i i think he's uh, he's not really i don't want to say lacking for confidence i think he believes in himself but um he, he's got to find a way to uh, eliminate or, or decrease those uh those mistakes that he has where he uh, is late on throws and, and you know uh, the, the windows are, are tight at this level especially when you're playing against SEC defenses um, and SEC secondaries um, and so you you got to be able to uh, that those those split seconds can make a big difference so um, <clears throat> and the other element to this and, and maybe this is our segue but it's going to be thrown to a lot of inexperienced guys um, whoever it is this season whoever the quarterback is so um, the the you know, Tennessee's going to need its quarterback to be uh, able to sort of elevate the ability of, of the guys that are catching passes from him, if that makes sense. So um, is, is Garantano capable of doing that? Obviously, a lot of people are still skeptical. Uh, I have my questions as well, but um, as, as we keep going back to, uh, 
until further notice. And obviously the situation with this offseason being the way it is, who knows? Um, somebody's got to show that they're Tennessee's best bet at winning games. Uh, or otherwise, you know, he's, he's sort of the, defa- the default starter for Tennessee uh, moving forward. Yeah, and, and I, I didn't want to shortchange a guy like Jimmy Holiday. I, I still think he's a wide receiver in the long run. Maybe they have a quarterback package for him. I, I just – watching them throw and watching him throw on, on you know, on his high school film, I just – you know, you look at the rest of the quarterbacks throwing and then you look at him throwing – there's a difference there. Uh, I think he is an athlete. There's a ton he can offer this program. I'm not sure quarterback's the place for it. But, Pat, I will say this before we segue to the receivers. If if Tennessee has some question marks at receiver uh, and, and if Tennessee just struggles to kind of – it needs a jolt occasionally, a quarterback who can run a little bit um, probably helps that. And, and that would open the door for a guy like Maurer if he could kind of harness some of that playmaking ability – because and channel it into making good decisions because as many exciting things as he did and my gosh he is fun to watch Uh, but as a coach he's also got to be terrifying to watch because he does not know what he's doing a lot of times out there and we see that in practice uh when he won't he'll get the play wrong or he'll go to the wrong place sometimes it works out because he just kind of has an innate playmaking ability but he's a guy who if tennessee needs a jolt man i mean that that kid him or holiday one either one of them they can give you a jolt yeah, and I, you know, I think Mauer, I, I think Mauer has a lot of talent. Um, yes, but he's sort of a uh, he needs to do some maturing, and he needs to uh, sort of smooth around some of those rough edges. Um, but yeah, I, I think Jolt is a good word because that's what he did for Tennessee's offense and maybe for Tennessee's season last year. I mean, uh, I, I think uh, you know different people have pointed to different turning points of of, uh, of 2019 for the Vols, but um, I honestly think. His his touchdown pass to Marquez Callaway early in the Georgia game sort of, I think that was a quietly a, a turning point throw. that was uh, maybe gets overlooked with with what else went on, um, because that was a play on the field that sort of said uh, it sort of brought some hope and, and Tennessee at that point needed a lot of hope uh, or they needed some kind of hope so uh, and 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 a quarterback making a play like he did was uh, and like he did in 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 the first half of that game sort of. Uh, got the energy, maybe got some positivity, and got people inside the program and outside the program thinking, "Hey, maybe okay, maybe we got something here." So, um, and then I, I think uh, the way that he played before, you know, in between his injuries, maybe uh, maybe that turned the light on for for Derek Antano to to show that he needed to do what he needed to do, um, and, and sort of said, uh, "If you want your job back, you're gonna have to play, and you're gonna have to earn it by how you play." So. Um, and maybe that's what Tennessee State's hoping with this quarterback situation with uh, with all these guys is that they're hoping that uh, – or, or we're hoping, obviously, these guys aren't around each other all the time now where they can sort of, um, you know, influence each other. But uh, you're hoping that the competition sort of makes the best rise to the top. And so uh, maybe that's what ends up happening, but we'll have to see. But, yeah, like, like I said, I think Maurer uh, is capable if he can smooth, them, smooth them, some things out – uh, I think he, he he's maybe the the dark horse kind of guy with uh, a lot of people thinking Bailey will eventually take over and 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 sort of the the default uh, it's Garantano until further notice. Yeah, I, I do think that that people who've you know it, it's easy to to kind of forget it because Maurer was like the new toy 
right? Everybody was so excited about. He was the new shiny toy. And now a guy like Bailey steps in and he's the new shiny toy because no one's ever seen him make a mistake at Tennessee. So guess what? He's the most popular guy uh, until he goes out there and makes a mistake. But I, I don't think Maurer should be forgotten in this because if he is a guy who turns it on just a little bit, if he can be just a little bit sharper, a little bit more mature, he'll give himself a chance to uh, to, to make some plays. Uh, you know who else uh, can make plays? Uh, is the uh, the sponsors of this podcast the uh, the good old products and services and in-house ads and other things like that that uh, that keep this ship afloat? So we're going to step away for a second. We're going to go pay some bills. Be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit about Tennessee's wide receivers. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a moment ago. As always, you're not morally, ethically, spiritually, contractually obligated in, in any way, shape, or form to listen to those commercials, but we appreciate the people who do that. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location uh, in a shutdown Knoxville, which is now has a stay-in-place order, so uh, I guess we'll be continuing this uh this uh, this this staying at home thing indefinitely, uh, guys. Quickly, I, I did want to say a couple things. Uh, apologies for my transition there in the first segment. My voice is still just it's it's it sucks right now, even worse than usual. It always sucks, but right now, uh, this whole bronchitis thing, it's just it, it's not uh, the voice isn't there. So uh, I apologize for that. And secondly, um, I, I do want to say that we were going to do the entire offense on this podcast but uh, instead we're just going to do the quarterbacks and we're going to do the wide receivers and then we're going to do the the o-line the running backs and, and the tight ends in a second episode because I, I think when you talk about tennessee's quarterback position and tennessee's wide receiver position you're talking about a place where you could have hours and hours of discussion just on those two topics so we try to shrink it down make it manageable but I think those two positions are going to get a whole lot of the conversation, and they should. So we talked about the, the quarterbacks in the first segment. We're going to go back to the the, the wide receivers now. And uh, bad news, guys, uh, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, uh, they're gone. Uh, so that's a lot of production. And Tyler Bird, too. But that's, that's a lot of leadership. That's a lot of production. 
that is a huge chunk of the passing game that is now preparing to play on Sundays. So it is a new era at Tennessee at wide receiver, and there are a few more guys who will arrive in the summer if they're allowed to because of the quarantine and all that. But, Pat, I think this is going to be interesting because I'm probably one of the few people on this island over here. I actually think the wide receiver spot at Tennessee will not be a problem this season. And I think a lot of people think that it's a concern or will be a problem. I, I think I'm a, I'm more okay with it. I think I, I think I, I have faith in some of those guys that are there. I think Brandon Johnson taking the redshirt year was huge. I think D'Angelo Gibbs could provide a spark. Everyone knows what I think about Josh Palmer and his upside. Um, and I think guys like Tillman have a chance. I think guys like um, uh, certainly Ramel Keaton have a chance. And I think some of the guys they're bringing in the summer could be talents too. I, I think that with T. Martin and Jim Chaney coaching these guys, you know, Valus Jones Jr., the transfer coming from USC, I just I think they're going to piecemeal together a pretty decent wide receiver core. But I think that – I don't want to speak for you, Pat. I'm going to let you take the floor now. But but you're one of the guys who thinks there's real concerns there, aren't you? Yes, I'm, I'm very concerned. Or I would be very concerned if I was a Tennessee fan about this receiving situation uh, because that position um, – it, it needs you need game changers at that position. And Tennessee had a couple of those uh, last season. They might have some with this group. We don't know yet. Uh, if they are, we don't know it. Outside of maybe, uh, I think Josh Palmer. Uh, I think he can be one of those guys, but can he be one of those guys when he's the number one receiver? You know, it, it was. It's. I don't want to say it's been easy for for Palmer over the last couple of years, uh, but I will say I think it, it's it's certainly not hurt him that. Uh, he's been in a three-receiver set with uh, Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway. Yeah, he's never uh, been. He's never been way. bracketed. So, he's never been bracketed, probably. So you know, no, he, he's going to have to. You know, can he continue to uh, put, up, put up the numbers? And, and really, he's going to have to uh, in, increase his production and improve his numbers and become more well-rounded. Um, can he do those things? <clears throat> excuse me. While he's uh, maybe the, a, a greater focus for. Uh, for opponent game plans than he has been in the past. So that's my question um, with this group. I, I do think uh, Ramel Keaton is a really good player. Um, uh, uh, Brandon Johnson is what he is at this point. Um, I'm sort of, I'm not saying I'm down on, on Bayless Jones, but uh, I'm not expecting him to come in and light the world on fire. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I, uh, I don't know that I'm being crazy there uh, and tell me if I am. No, you're not. Uh, and it, and it's, and it's hard, you know. These these freshmen, I think, coming in have a lot of talent, but uh, you know, if, if part of the summer gets interrupt interrupted, and and at this point, who knows when when students and players are going to be allowed to return to their campuses? Uh, if, if their time coming in to work with quarterbacks is cut short, that's going to hurt them. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. And even then, you know, Malachi Wideman is is a really raw player. Um, who, who's kind of, you know, he, he's kind of that, that case of a guy that, that gets by just on being a freak athlete at the high school level. You know, can he sort of fine tune some things? Um, not to say that he can't make an impact right away, but, uh, you know, for him to come in and be one of Tennessee's top two, three receivers might, might be a bit of a stretch and who knows, I could be very wrong on that, but, you know, Jalen Hyatt's a guy that probably needs to, you know, could use a summer in a college weight room. Jimmy Callaway was a high school quarterback. So, uh, he, he's going to be raw. D. Beckwith is will be a receiver, but will he be a receiver? Kind of so to speak. He's sort of a. Uh, I think he's a guy that Tennessee could use in a lot of different ways. I but, still, I still think tight end when I look um, at him, but maybe I'm wrong about that. 
maybe well you know we'll see i don't i don't think they're willing to put a label on him positionally just yet but uh, th- there's a lot of question marks and and you know who's going to be your top two three go-to guys that's that's the question i have the guy that mentioned there was d'angelo gibbs and a lot of people are excited about him and expecting big things from him uh i i gotta see it i mean if, it's one thing to to light it up and and practice as part of the scout team it's another thing to do it on saturdays when uh, you got sec defenders uh on the other side so uh this guy that hasn't played wide receiver in a game in what three years mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> you know he, he didn't make much of an impact at georgia on defense so uh is 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 a fresh start, really all he needed to sort of unlock what he can do athletically. So uh, I just have a lot of questions and I I don't think you, uh, I don't, I don't think you just, I don't think you lose guys like Jawan Jennings and Marquez Kelly. I don't think you lose two guys that were that productive for you and then just not skip a beat. Uh, And I think we've seen a couple recent examples of teams that have a big chunk, you know, maybe around three fourths of their receiving numbers, receiving production leaves, uh, and the, and the offense struggles next year. Um, certainly Tennessee, you know, we saw it when Dustin Hunter and Cordell Patterson and uh, Zach Rogers and that crew left after the 2012 season. Obviously, they had a coaching change, had a new quarterback in there as well. Uh, but their their passing numbers dropped off uh, off a cliff, basically. Uh, and to a lesser extent, Georgia last year, you know, they uh, yeah, they had George Pickens but uh, and some other freshmen, but they lost, I think, four or five of their top wide receivers from 2018. And even though they brought back Jake Fromm, uh, DeAndre Swift, a you know, few NFL guys on their offensive line, uh, they averaged like seven points a game less than they did in 2018 last season. So also had a, uh, also again, had a worse coordinator. Yeah, that you know they had a coordinator that they uh, jettisoned after a year. Uh, that's also a factor. But also think you know I, I think when you lose a bunch of receiving production, uh, it, it's hard not to expect, uh, regardless of the other factors, you expect a drop off and. Um, it's, it's a question of how well can this group, uh, which does have some potential, I will say that, how well can this group sort of mitigate what that drop-off is going to be? Yeah, I look at it like this, Pat. I, I think that there's no question that the comfort that the coaching staff has going into kind of situations now without Jennings and without Callaway and without an extent Bird, he's a guy they relied on to do a lot of different roles last year and he in on special teams and offensively uh, and he generally did what they asked him to do and and they knew what they were going to get from that group of guys for better or for worse you mostly for better you knew what you were going to get from those guys now the problem is you're looking at a lot of guys and you don't know exactly what you're going to get but what I do like is that you're looking at a lot of guys you're looking at maybe upwards of almost you know, eight, nine, ten guys that you say, you know what, out of these options, I need to make something work. I look at it like if you go to a buffet and it might not be like the best food in the world, but you got like a billion different options. You can go to this station, that station. You can put together a pretty decent meal just because you have so many options. And that's what I like about this receiving group. I like that you have that many options to choose from. Would it be nice if you had a guy that you just absolutely knew boom, this guy is a great number one receiver, and then I could fill in the rest, that would make it a lot easier. They don't have that. I think they have a guy in Palmer who has the ability to be that guy, but as you said, Pat, and as we've mentioned many times, doing that as the number one guy, that's a lot different. You're getting the other team's best corner a lot of times. You're getting bracketed coverage. That changes things. But what I do know is that he does have some guys around him who can help that. Brandon Johnson is a guy who – 
And I think you said it right, Pat. He is what he is. But my point is, I think what he is is just fine. And that's something that's going to help this team. He's a guy who knows this offense. He's a guy who can catch footballs. He's a guy who knows where he's supposed to be. And he's a pretty smooth wide receiver. He, he's not a game breaker. He's not a game changer, I don't think. But I think he's a pretty pretty solid wide receiver. I also know that D'Angelo Gibbs, I can guarantee you this, if you make any short list of best athletes on the team, he makes that list. Now, does that mean he can play football at a high level in the SEC? No, it doesn't guarantee you that, but it gives you a chance to do that. Uh, Valus Jones Jr., I was out there for one practice, and this is just one drill in one practice, so you don't want to extrapolate too much from that. But I saw him accelerate past Bryce Thompson in a way that I've not seen a lot of guys do. He, he just kind of put one little one little move on him, took a couple of steps and he you know he was gone by him and Bryce Thompson doesn't that doesn't happen a lot with him so that kind of got my attention of whoa this guy's a pretty serious athlete he can run and I think he's a guy who can give you a chance to do some things Ramel Keaton is a guy who maybe didn't get a lot of chances last year but he stepped up and made some huge plays in big spots I mean he had a catch against Mississippi State that was huge he had a catch against Indiana that was huge so they, you know, Garantano was not afraid to go to him in big spots, and the kid made plays. And I think Tillman's a guy who's big, rangy, has a great catch radius. Uh, he's a guy who can do some things too. So it's not that they have so many proven options, but it's just that they have so many options. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you you make a case, and I'm I guess I just am in in wait and see mode with with some of these guys. No, I think wait and see mode is fine. I, I just think that they have they have. You know, when you look at things that a wide receiver core needs to be, I, I right? think there, I think there is potential, um, and I do think that some of the new guys will be able to bring some after the catch ability. I think that's something that's been missing, um, uh, and and I say that outside of Juwan Jennings, whose after the catch ability was breaking every tackle. I mean, I, yes. I don't, I don't know, I don't know that anybody on Tennessee's roster that was sort of something that only he could do. Uh, there's not a lot of receivers beyond uh, Tennessee's program uh, in the country that. Uh, we're able to break tackles and 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 make tacklers look silly just by running through them or over them or whatever, uh, like Jennings could. So, uh, you know, they they may have some guys that have some different kind of after the catch ability with with some of these newcomers, guys that can take short you know short catches, make guys miss, not necessarily run them over, uh, like Jennings did, and and make things happen. But, but uh, and that's you know they're they're still you know each receiving core and you know receiver coaches like to have. Uh, maybe like to have a ride. They like to have the guys that can throw jump balls too. They like the guys that can work the middle of the field. They like the guys that uh, uh, can make the back shoulder catches um, and things like that. Uh, and so, and, and I think for this group, they're still they're still going to be in the process whenever things resume of, of sort of figuring out who does what best and, and trying to play off the strengths. I think that's the big question for uh, that the coaching staff is going to have to answer is uh, is putting some of these guys in positions to where uh, you know, like you're, you're not going to throw a bubble screen to Brandon Johnson. He's not a, he's not a real shifty guy. He's not going to make a bunch of guys miss. Correct. Uh, but maybe D'Angelo Gibbs is one of those guys who's going to take the top off the demons. They have to figure those things out once, uh, whenever the team is, is back together, they're going to have to figure those, some of those things out. And, and, and those are just questions that we, uh, it's hard to know right now. There, there's some guys that have potentials to fill certain roles. Um, but you know, you know, until they go out there and do it and produce, it's it's tough to say that they'll that they will do it and will produce. Yeah, I, I think when, when people talk about running backs, people you know people talk about variety with the running backs all the time, right? You want a big wham guy, you want a, like maybe a shifty all purpose guy, a change of pace guy. You want some options at running back, but people 
a lot of people don't mention that aspect being important at wide receiver, and I think it's just as important there. You know, Tennessee's receivers last year, those guys, those top three guys, as good as they were, they were a lot. They had a lot of overlap there with their abilities. They were kind of those big power forward type wide receivers, right? They would go get the ball downfield. They would high point it. Uh, they could out jump just about anybody else. They were hard to bring down because of their physicality, and those are all really important traits. But that that def- that that offense really needed kind of a bubble screen guy or a guy who could take a quick hitch and, and then kind of get in space and do damage that way. They didn't, you know, they didn't really have that. They they did some of that with Jennings and it worked out. Um, but they really were hoping someone like Bird would step up and be that guy, or, or maybe a guy like you know Jordan Murphy before his situation went downhill, um, and he was kind of immature and had to leave the program. But they needed a guy who could kind of do that. And, and I think when you look at some of the options now, uh, maybe with some of these freshmen coming in, I, I think you, you you have an option to do that. You have maybe more options of guys that you can just kind of throw that quick little bubble to, or, or throw that quick hitch to, and, and they can make a play because you don't want I mean you you want as many good players as you can have but you want them to have different skill sets and I think now at wide receiver one of the upsides of this is they're going to have more options of more guys who can do different things they're not just going to have all of them kind of looking some version of the same guy even if it's a good player I think that's really important you know maybe even a guy like this this Miles Jones cat the the transfer uh, from Nebraska who's a walk-on in Tennessee now 5'8 172 really really quick though maybe he's a guy who just a few times a year you throw a quick little bubble to and he can make a couple plays I think that's really important because this offense with the with the the quarterback play if it continues to be a question mark anything they can get that's easy, like easy money, they got to take it. You know, anything that you can use to your advantage to make some of the quarterback life easier, to take some of the burden off their shoulders is huge. And I think without having in a better situation, you would have Jennings and Callaway back full stop. That would be better. But I like some of these options they have here. I think Palmer is a guy who maybe could rise to the occasion. I think he has the ability. I think it might be okay, man. I just, I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I'm big on T. Martin as a, as a wide receivers coach, and I like some of these players that they have. I might be wrong, but I understand the reasons for concern. I totally do because uh, it's hard to replace a guy like Jawan Jennings, not just as a player but as a leader, right? His competitive spirit, Pat, you mentioned it earlier, his just refusal to be tackled, that's very, very rare. You don't see that very often. You, you get maybe one guy a decade who's like that uh, in your program. And they have to replace that, and you can't really replace that. So you're basically going to have maybe seven or eight guys doing the job that three guys did last year. And that has to be enough, or, or that's not going to be good for this team. Yeah, I, my other point is, uh, you know, that Tennessee's losing a lot of production uh, in its receiver room. It's also losing a lot of personality, and I'll throw Tyler Bird in there too because yep. uh, those guys are also Jennings, Callaway, big personalities, uh, a lot of a lot of energy – uh, and those guys sort of set the tone every day. Every single uh, and day, I think some every of those, day. And, and you're going to need those guys. I don't know that Josh Palmer is that guy. He's sort of uh, quiet, reserved. Um, Brandon Johnson's sort of the same way. So where where are you going to get those big personalities? And I'll throw and as I said, I'll throw Tyler Bird in there as well because he was a guy that uh, did a lot of stuff on special teams. I remember uh, after he had his sort of little mini breakout game against Mississippi State, Jeremy Pruitt pointing out that um, – he's a guy that runs probably covers as much ground as anybody uh, in a practice just because of of what he does on special teams and just sort of his own energy. So 
uh, you got to replace that too. It's not, and that's sort of the other part of, um, of what makes this a challenge for Tennessee is, is that you've got to replace those personalities. You got to replace their production. You got to replace what they do on Saturdays, what they do in the big moments in games, and also what they do um, when it's you know the third straight week of, of uh, preseason camp, or you know it's the middle of of June and workouts, and everybody's kind of tired. You need those guys in your position groups to uh, sort of say you know not let the standard slip and and keep everybody motivated, keep everybody accountable. And, and and they're going to need those guys to emerge at some point. Um, and obviously, with the team not being together, that that that's not an element that can't be fostered. Uh, that normally would be fostered at this point of the off season. So um, it's uh, it's a uh, uh, there's just a lot of unknowns for me. And, and maybe I'm a little bit more skeptical. But um, eh, only time is going to tell how how this group's going to pan out. Oh yeah, there's definitely. I mean, I have skepticism too. I just I, I think they have a chance to to be pretty decent there and surprise some people. But you're right about the energy level that that Tyler Bird brought every single day to practice. When you're struggling, when you've lost a couple games here or there, when you're on your third straight week of, of you know, you're just everybody's tired, you know, the weather sucks one day and you're out there, it didn't matter what was going on. Every time that Tyler Bird and Jawan Jennings and Marquez Cowley put on those pads, they were excited to go out there and play football. You have to have those kinds of guys in your program. You have to have those, because those kinds of guys, they're just winners. Those guys want to go out there every day and get better, and they they bring the energy level of the people around them up to another level, and you have to have that. Guys like Toto on defense are starting to have that too. You know, Guys who just every day show up, they put the pads on, you know, they're ready to compete and, 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 and kind of knock your face off, but they're going to smile while they're doing it. They're happy to be there. And I think that's going to be something that that energy level, uh, they're going to have to try to replace that by committee probably because I don't know. Uh, and, and someone like Jeremy Pruitt, T. Martin, you know, Jim Cheney, those guys will know their players better than any of us will. But I imagine they've got some guys they're trying to target and be like, "Hey, man, I, I need you to be a I need you to be a dude now. I need you to be a leader. I need you to be out there every day, ready to go." Because some people like Jennings and Bird did not need to be told that. Uh, some of these guys, as you said, Pat, they might have to be told that. You might have to kind of teach them how to be position leaders because every position needs them. Yeah, and that's that's like I said, that's another element of of the offseason being disrupted like this that. Uh, for a team that needs to fill some leadership voids on on both sides of the ball, uh, probably more on defense. Honestly, um, you know that that's something that that can't be developed right now when you have your team spread out across country just because because nobody's on campus. You're just Buzz Killington over here right now. Do you know that? Uh, how is that a buzz cut? I think uh, I mean that's pretty much reality right now, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to mess with you, man, before we step out of here. Guys, I, I think that'll do it. Pat, you got anything else about these wide receivers? I, we, we probably – and we'll mention this with the running backs, I imagine, that the running backs being good route runners and pass catchers, which all of them are, that's going to help. But, yeah, I mean, the wide receivers got to do it too. Yeah, and I, I do think tight end is a big question mark with this offense as well, but we'll get to that at another time. I do think you make I – did, I did think you made a good point there, uh, and that I think in the business of what we call a tease, right? That is a tease, and I think I'll get us out of here on that on that tease. Thanks, Pat. Man, be a, stay safe out there and uh, continue to quarantine. You too. Oh, I don't think that'll be a problem on this end. I don't think that'll be a problem on this end. You you tell me I got to stay away from people. I'm like, no, oh, that's that's something I just enjoy doing, man. Guys, thanks for tuning in. 
as always. We're going to bring you more of these podcasts right now because uh, we need to. We, we need to bring you all some content, and we know a lot of people have stay-in-place orders and all that and quarantines, and we want to take care of you. So we're going to give you some stuff to listen to and, and to read while you're in this situation that we're all in together. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is pbrown 24-7. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on the Twitter machine. You can also, uh, if you just want Tennessee news, you don't want any of our personal business in there because we all know how Pat throws around all, all his personal business all the time. You can get just Tennessee news all the time, twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247, where Ramey does just an excellent job uh, kind of spearheading our, our Facebook plan of attack there. Or you can go directly to the source, that delicious, delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring water. It's hard to get it right now because you can't leave your house. You, you're quarantined. But if you, if you want a different way to get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, you just go to GoVols247.com, the best place on all of Al Gore's internets to get Tennessee athletics information. Every sport, every sport that, that, that really drives it, guys. Football, basketball, baseball, football recruiting all the time basketball recruiting, uh, even some baseball recruiting occasionally. All the Lady Vols stuff, Maria does an excellent job. I should say award-winning Maria Cornelius does a great job doing all that, uh, covering all the Lady Vols stuff. Plenty of stuff, plenty of reasons right now during your quarantine to stay with us at Go Vols 24-7. And if you do that, uh, if you pay the full price, guys, you get access to CBS All Access, which right now if we're just sitting around streaming stuff where some of you are bored for part of the day, uh, guess what? Uh, pay, pay for us pay for our site you will get full access to cbs all access every show everything every you know every show in the catalog commercial free uh movies that, that rotate in and out podcast stuff everything a lot you know like archived nfl and college action trust me it's worth the value it's a hundred dollars every year we're just putting in your pocket so go do that and uh, if nothing else you will hear from us uh probably in just a couple of days stay safe guys Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.